0: Guys, will you give Scott a warm Reload welcome? Come on, Scott. (laughs) Share with us this morning. Thank you so much. It's so good to be able to be here. And uh, I feel so uh, honored to be able to be here, to be able to speak to you men. And uh, come on, let's give it up for Pastor Tom. I can just already tell that he's an awesome man of God. And uh, I just... (laughs) Just want to honor him and so grateful to be able to be here, to be under this roof, to be able to speak at Res Life, to be able to speak to you men. And I believe that God wants to share something through uh, his story of my life. And I believe that God uh, wants to speak. And, you know, somewhere in the Bible it talks about how that we overcome the devil, right, by the blood of Jesus and by the word of our testimony. And today I want to stomp on the devil's head a little bit today if that's all right. Is that all right, somebody? (laughs) So I'm going to share a little bit about what God has brought me through, and I love what uh, those of you that are at the Link Conference and that are that are that have been here. And I love what Pastor Jimmy Rollins said. He talked about an inward an inward prison, an inner prison, and and you know what the, I call it an invisible prison. That's kind of been like an anthem for me in my life. To number one, expose this invisible prison, but at the same time, show people the way out through Jesus Christ. Show them the way out of this invisible prison that we get locked up into. And you know what, and like I said in that promo video, that we don't have to be in a prison to be a prisoner. There's men that are in this room right now that you're in prison that you're in a maximum security prison. We're in a church right now, but you're in a maximum security prison because this prison is a spiritual prison. It's a prison around us. It's within us that, that we take wherever we go. And I like to say that whenever I was in jail or, and I was in prison, I was a prisoner, but when I would leave, I'd still be in prison. I would sit in my living room, I'd be, at the, I'd, be at, I'd be out shopping, I would be at a restaurant, I would be driving down the street, and I was a prisoner, I was bound. And I didn't even know I was bound, I knew I was in some kind of cycle, I knew I was in some kind of pattern that I couldn't shake, but I had no idea that I was in this invisible spiritual prison with strongholds in my life, because what I like to say in my book is that What you repeat grows stronger. These cycles become strong, and they become ironclad in our lives, and we become a prisoner, a maximum security prisoner no matter where we are. How many of you know that today? One person. (laughs) You know, it's a prison of bad choices, of this sinful, selfish living that, that some of us might be able to get into. And for me personally, I started very young committing crimes, drinking, drugging and i started these this 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 pattern this cycle from you know 10, 10 11 years old here i am i'm i'm entering in you know it was a it's a crazy coincidence that i started drinking using drugs and and got arrested all in the same year it's kind of a weird connection right 12 years old, you know, moving into this lifestyle and starting up into this cycle, in my, and I have a book that's called Behind the Wire, as you, as you heard there, and it's, uh, it's called Behind the Wire, A Prisoner's Journey to the Pulp, and it's kind of my journey, and back at that table back there, there's, there's, there's copies, I brought about 100, they're sitting there, that you can have them, if you want to donate anything, you can, but the, the books are there for anybody that wants to have one. But it really maps out my journey, and we love to give them away in the prisons, and the generosity of God's people outside of the prison help us to get it to the ones that are in prison, literally behind the wire. And guess what? We've been able to give thousands of copies of, of this book to people in prison. Come on, isn't that good? And, uh, you know, I was in this cycle for about 22 years, and uh, it's been, it was, it was a rough road that I, that I was inviting these things into my life, that I was uh, doing these different things, these sinful, selfish living that I'm talking about that maybe somebody might be able to rate, relate here, but you don't have to go into a physical prison to be living selfish and be living sinful. How many of you know that? We can be bound right outside the wire, and you know, when the, the title of the book is called Behind the Wire, and that's an expression that people you know that people in prison use, that I'm living behind the razor wire fences, but... But but what I'm talking about is this invisible prison, because when I was 11, 12 years old and I started drinking and I started using drugs and I started committing crimes and I started getting arrested, I was literally stepping behind the wire of this invisible prison that I'm talking about. The world might call it a cycle, a pattern, but I call it an invisible prison, this spiritual prison that had me locked up and had me bound. And, you know, I was trapped in this cycle for a couple of decades and, you know, and you know, it, it was a crazy, crazy thing. But I just, I just want to say something before I really get in, into my story. I just want to give uh, honor to my pastor, Pastor Dave Gargano, that's here, that, that has brought me alongside of him and be able to just mentor me and be here for me. I wouldn't be who I am or where I am without Jesus and without the local church and my pastors. How many of you guys know that today? Come on, somebody. I, do you know that today? Without the local church and our pastors... Walking alongside of us, loving us, having men coming into our lives and mentoring us. what a! It's been a huge part of my life. I'm going to get to that here in a little bit, but I just want to give honor where honor is due. And I want to give honor to my wife, my beautiful, amazing wife. She's not here, obviously, but I love her. She's my best friend, and, and, she, and she's right alongside me wherever we go. How many of you know that? You find a wife, you find a good thing. Isn't that right? I just wanted to say that and you know it's been a blessing to be able to to be able to walk this thing out with Christ and it's such a privilege and an honor that we get to be a part of what God is doing isn't that right We get to be a part of it. But you know what? As I was walking this thing out, as I got into this cycle, as I got into this pattern at 12 years old, and, you know, this huge turning point began to happen right at 12, right around 12 years old, this huge turning point of me just going deeper into it. I got into this cycle of going in and out of the system. I was in and out of the juvenile uh, detention centers. Everybody in the the juvenile detention centers, they knew my name by – they knew me by my first name because I was a regular customer. I couldn't stop going there, and then I graduated to juvenile prisons, and then I was in and out of juvenile prisons, and I couldn't stay out of them. But, you know, out of all the years and all the jails and all the prisons that I ever lived in, juvenile prison actually was the most dangerous prison I would ever been in, which was pretty crazy. It's just a bunch of teenagers with no boundaries, no rules, and just a highly dangerous, deadly place to be able to be in, and, and then, you know, at, at by 17 years old, um they they waved me to adult court for a misdemeanor they're like you we're just tired of you we're sick of you so my first time in jail I was 17 uh within a year I was in prison for the first time by 18 years old and so here I am I'm I'm in this cycle I'm in this invisible prison I'm in this pattern I'm locked up I'm you know I'm frozen right Bound, chained up, like that song said, that we're no longer a slave. I was a slave to sin. I was a slave to the appetites of the flesh. I was a slave to the things of these world, and I was bound in this invisible prison. And then I then I went on to my second prison sentence. I got my head cracked pretty good. Got a 16-year sentence for dealing drugs, and I went off to prison. I was able to get into college and get a little bit of education. I got out. I was doing good. Got to college outside of prison for a little while, and then I did the. I did the. I did did the, the thing, the, the mistake, I went back and visited some old friends. And what was so strong that I repeated so strong in my life just came right out. Because I was new into trying to live a different life, but I didn't even have Jesus. I didn't even know who he was. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I had no idea who he was. I thought all that stuff was a joke. And so, you know, by the time I get into my, my second prison sentence, I get out and you know, and I was living, living crazy, I got out and I, I got back with my, you know, I got, I got back with my old friends and here comes cocaine into my life in a, in, a, in a crazy way and then the cocaine turned into crack and that'll strip, that'll strip, that'll humiliate you, that is, I think that's one of the, the greatest tools that Satan will use to humiliate you is crack cocaine, just stomping all on your head and humiliating you. You know, and, and I ended up meeting this girl, got her pregnant. And so here I am. I'm tore up from the floor up. I've got all these arrests under my, under my belt. I'm, uh, I'm out of prison for the second time. I've got dozens of arrests. I get this girl pregnant. And then I, I, I go to a movie. I go to this movie theater to go watch a horror movie and I, in the movie, was the exorcism of Emily Rose. It was real spiritual. <laughs> it actually was. <laughs> so I went there for some horror entertainment, and I began to experience the presence of God that, I, and I've never experienced that I ever recognized that I experienced it. And God was speaking to my heart, you know right in that moment in this movie theater in a horror movie of all, of all places, and it rattled me in such a way, I went outside in the parking lot, and I bawled my eyes out in the parking lot, I had my girlfriend with me, and she's like, what's wrong with you, and I didn't even know how to even explain it, even, I didn't even know how to say it, what was going on, I didn't know, I even went home, this was back in 2005, and I actually went home, and I opened up a phone book, they, they had them then still, <laughs> And so I'm looking in yellow pages for churches. I don't even know what kind of church to look at. So I'm just, like, trying to find a church to, like, call somebody to kind of talk to them. And I didn't end up getting a hold of anybody. And then the next day I get picked up on a warrant that I didn't even know that I had. Coincidence? I don't think so. So I got dozens of arrests under my belt. I experienced God, the presence of God that rattled me in such a way. I'm calling church, and then the very next day I get, a, I get picked up on a warrant, and I'm in jail. And for the first time ever, when I got into the jail, I said, I need to get a Bible. So I started reading the Bible, and within two weeks, somebody called a, a church service in the county jail, and I went to it. And there's about 50 guys in there, and I'm in this church service in the county jail, and there's like 50 guys in there. And by the end of the service, I'm crying, and I was like the craziest, rottenest, fightingest, rebellionist, pridefulest person. And I'm crying, coming forward for an altar call, and God reached out, and He answered to that faith. Come on, somebody. God answered to that faith, and He reached out, and He touched my heart in that county jail. And I had a, in as crazy as this is, I had a, 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 sp- a spirit of fear of of death that would just terrorize my whole life. I had experienced when I was a little kid with, somebody, with, a, with an animal that died and it just clicked and, and Satan came in and there was this terror in my life. And, and the, the, that was one of the first things that I recognized that God reached out and he touched my life. Is that that spirit of fear just came off of me? I literally, with tears in my eyes, reached over to the, pre, the people that were standing there next to me, and I said, if I die, I know where I'm going. And it was a huge weight that came off my life. I used to get up in the middle of the night and just run around in terror and wake up the whole house. I'm like 8, 9, 10 years old screaming in the middle of the night, and all the whole house gets up because I'm terrified of death. And at 28 years old, this spirit comes off me and this hunger for God's word comes in. And that was a huge turning point in my life, a huge shift in my life for the good. And I go off to prison. This was going into my third prison sentence now. So now I'm going off into my third prison sentence, and I'm, pri- I'm in prison. I'm reading the word. My, my girlfriend was pregnant. She ends up having my son while I'm in prison. I get out. I'm thinking everything is going to work out. I got a relationship with God. He set me free. He's given me a new heart, and I'm going to get out, and things are going to line up. I get out. She leaves and said she's done, and she doesn't want my son to have anything to do with me. I ended up getting a job and got a little bit of money and ended up drinking, drinking it up. I got arrested. And within a week, I lost my, my, the little job that I had. I lost my driver's license. I got arrested. I lost my apartment. Everything just went gone. Every little bit of thing that I had, it went gone immediately. And guess what? What? I tried to be a weakling and I tried to take myself out and I didn't die because God still had a plan for my life. Even when I was trying to quit, God was saying I still had more for you. And then I ended up coming back and and trying to go for it again and then a couple of months later, my son's mom let me have him over for the night. Let me have him over for the night. She's like, I'm going to trust you with him tonight. Then I ended up getting drunk and driving him to a crack house and locking him in the car in the middle of the night, in the hood. So I'm driving, I drive my son, he's like, I come out a little while later and he's crying, he's crawled into the front seat and he's with his hands around the, the window screaming, bawling and I could just see the terror in my son's eyes. He was 18 year, He was 18 months, a year and a half. Driving in the middle of the night, drunk, smoking crack, with my son, she found him, she found out about it the next day, and then he was gone. And I tried to kill myself again. And it didn't work. And God came and he was speaking in my heart again. He's saying that I'm not through with you yet. No matter how low that we get, God has a plan for our life. He says, I have an expected end for you. It's game over when I say it's game over. Thank God for his grace and his mercy when I was giving up God wasn't giving up on me. He wasn't giving up on me. So so here it is. So I don't know what to do. I wake up and I just run cuz that's what I would do. I run. So I ran. I took off to another state. I had I had felonies on my I had felonies that were open. In Indiana, I ran from that. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of shell-shocked that I, killed my, I tried to kill myself again with a couple of hundred pills, and I woke up, and I just couldn't believe it. So I run to Florida, and I get more arrests, and I run from Florida, hitchhike from Florida all the way to Arizona, 2,000 miles hitchhiking. That was a rough ride. That was a rough road, sleeping outside and all this craziness. See, my, my story didn't get any glamor- more glamorous at all, not that it was at all in the first place. But I ended up living like an animal, that I was, I was that crackhead on the side of the gas station begging for change for the next drink and the next drug, living a, lay, a way lesser version than God's plan for my life. But how many of you know that God will love you through those humiliating things? Because there's something about humiliation that brings out the heart that God wants to be able to reach to. We got to get through that, those layers of pride and rebellion that God wants to get down to the heart of things. Because if God has your heart, he has your life, and that's the point. So whatever it takes, I'll never regret living like an animal out there panhandling for change, living on the streets, sleeping in dumpsters, eating out of dumpsters, living out in the woods, living out in the desert. I'll never regret that because it was leading me to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was saving my soul. And how many of you know those that are forgiven much love much? It's created a well in me to be able to love like I've never been able to love before, that God was digging that out. He was carving it out through the decades of my sinful, crazy living. And then I ended up getting tired and coming back all the way to Indiana with, to face all these other felonies, and I get in trouble while I'm in town within a couple of days. I came back to turn myself in, and I got some more felonies. And then I'm in, I'm in the county, I got to go stay months in this county, and then I got to get transported over to another county and, and go off to prison for some years again, to go off for some years. And then I pick my Bible back up, and I'm reading, I'm reading some verses like, if you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. I took it literally, and I started chasing him with my whole heart. And guess what? I found him. Those scales came off my eyes. Come on. He set a captive free while I was in prison. I went to prison to get free. I went to prison to get free. doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to God. I tell people in the prisons wherever I go, that this isn't a punishment. This is a, dis- this is a loving father disciplining you, giving you another opportunity. Prison isn't a dead-end road to someone that believes in Christ. It becomes a launching pad into their destiny. And what I like to say that I even have printed on T-shirts, you get started by getting started. Prison was my starting ground. I'll never regret prison. I'll never regret what God did for me and what he continues to do for me through that experience of going through the prison house. And then I got out of prison, and then I, I found Road to Life Church in northwest Indiana. Fresh out of prison, I come there, and I just, I experienced God like I've never experienced him And I walk in there and I just, I have tears in my eyes and I knew that this is where God was telling me and I found Pastor Dave after service and I said, how can I get involved? I just want to serve. I just want to volunteer. I just want to be a part of what God is doing. And he said, come on, let's get you started. And I got started by getting started and I just went through that process, just becoming a volunteer, serving anywhere and everywhere. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a driver's license. I was riding my bike at 4.30 in the morning, seven, eight miles from another city to come to church in the morning. So when people say it's raining out or there's a little bit of snow and I can't make it to church, come on, we got to get up and we got to be desperate for the things of God. I was desperate for the things of God. When I was setting up equipment at our portable church, I'd have tears in my eyes thinking about I get to be a part of this thing. That God is doing in the earth, what a privilege, what a great honor it is. That God would let me be a part of what he's doing in the earth. After all that I've done, all that I've been through, that God would still have a good plan for me. That he had purpose. That he had potential for me. That God had a good plan for me even though I was screwing it up over and over. And I still screw it up. And he still loves me through it. He's loving you through it. He's loving us through it. So I just got involved, and I ended up applying for it. I ended up actually meeting up with Pastor Dave a couple of months later, and I wanted to tell him a little bit about my life. How many know that God put a conviction on my heart to be like, hey, man, this is who I am. This is what I've been through. So I sat down with him, and and I began to explain it to him. And he said, I already heard all about it. And he says, it's all good, man. You are accepted here. You are welcome in this house. Come on, isn't that good to get accepted? Come on, the church is a place to be able to get connected and be accepted. And, and then I ended up becoming an intern and going through the intern process of a couple of years, graduated from that, came on staff, ended up becoming a licensed pastor. Through that process, I talked to Pastor Dave about a prison ministry. He said he already had something in mind. I said, I'd love to be a part of it. He said, no, I want you to lead it. Come on, somebody. God wanted, he said, I want you to lead it. And it's a whole long story how it went down, but basically I applied. I was like, they're never going to let me in there. And then, bam, the God parted the Red Sea like we were singing. He parted the Red Sea, and he keeps opening up prison after prison after prison after prison because God has given me something to say about his son Jesus Christ because who the son sets free is free indeed. How many of you guys know that this morning? So here we go, then I, I get on this process, all right, so the, the, the prison ministry, I, and through the internship, I ended up getting married, I met my wife at our church, so here I am, this is pretty crazy though, so I become an intern, I, become into, I come into ministry, I get married for the first time, she's got three children, two of them are teenage girls, come on, somebody, I, 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 a lot of people was praying for me. Everything I was learning at work every day, nine out of 10 things I was learning at work was for the first time. Nine out of 10 things I was learning in marriage was learning for the first time. Being a parent. Nine out of ten things I was learning every day, was, it was for the first time. God was taking me through this huge transition. He, he was taking me through this huge trans, transformation that God was bringing me into something, to bringing me into who I believed that I was born to be. But guess what? The local church and our pastors in Christ, they were, they were bringing out that potential in me that I had no idea that I was there, that I could be who I am today and to be able to get on board. And the prison ministry is beginning to thrive. We're in multiple prisons. We're leading thousands of prisoners to Christ. We're in this place. I, 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 I volunteer for another prison. I'm filling out the application, and then all of a sudden a, prison, a warrant comes out for my life. A warrant comes out that was from a decade earlier for felonies in Florida. Florida. And then here I am, I'm in this tough position, and guess what happened? As soon as that warrant came up, it blocked me all out of the Department of Corrections. I had, so here I am, I'm on the mission, I'm the pastor of, of our prison and jail ministry, and it's thriving, and, it's going, and God is doing great things, and here I am, I'm blocked out of all of it. So all of a sudden, I, I'm in this position, I'm like, and I hear the Holy Spirit telling me, you got to go back to go forward that your progress stops here, that I had to go back to go forward, that God was going to do something, and I had to believe him by faith. So I talked to our pastors, and then they ended up getting me an attorney. And then when we're sitting in a leadership meeting, you know what they say to me and my wife? Don't worry about when you go off and you go face this thing about your finances because I'm going to pay your your weekly check to you every week while you're gone. Just hurry up and come home. Come on. Can we give it up for the local church and our pastors that will love you through these things, believing in you, It was a a very unusual thing for me to have people believe in me because guess what? I gave them all kinds of reasons not to believe in me for many years. But to have people that would stand behind you, besides you, walk alongside you and believe in you was something that I wasn't used to. But this is what happens when we get into the kingdom of God, when we get into a relationship with Jesus Christ and we get under the covering of the local church. Those relationships that bring us through. So I ended up going down there and facing this thing. It was 20 years in prison. I'm not going to share all the details of it. I know I'm running out of time here, but basically, I go in front of the judge, Pastor Dave's there, and a number of other people, my wife, they all do. they, they come in to be character witnesses. The prosecutor ends up coming up with like 14 months in prison. He says, "I'll give you a plea agreement. I signed it quick." Because I was looking at 20 years, went before the judge, he ended up denying it and said, you got to stand before me with an open plea of 20 years. That's the only plea I'm going to take. 20 years in prison, I'm like, I, I, I came down here, I believe that the voice of God was leading me and I was fearing God more than I was fearing the consequences. Come on, somebody, I was fearing God more than I was fearing the consequences. And then through all these testimonies and him denying it and the judge comes out and he says to me... He says a lot of things, but the final thing that he says that I don't know anybody that heard what I heard today that would conclude that any incarceration is necessary at all. He said the best, th- the, the best outcome is, is that I'm going to release you immediately, and Pastor Dave and Pastor Vanessa, his wife, were going. they were in Disney, and he said, I'm going to sentence you to Disney with these people today, and you go and do your sentence there. Come on, somebody. That's what, who God is. That's what God can do. That's what the Lord can do. When we listen to God and when we do what he says, that he will part the Red Sea, that he'll do the unbelievable. And that was a huge turning point in my life. And then I ended up coming back home, and shortly after that, God connected me with a woman that's a professional writer named Donna K. Rice. She, I partnered, she partnered with me to be able to write this book, to be able to get it out. We wrote; It took two years to be able to write this thing because we wanted to be sure. I wanted to be sure that this is what God wanted me to say all the things that God wanted me to be able to share through my experiences, and not just to share the experiences, but to share how God led me out of them, to share how God led me out of them. So today, like I said, there's, there's books back there that, that, that you're welcome to be able to have, and through that process, uh, a production company out of Nashville called Graham Family Films, Dr. Ben Graham is the president of it, he's a grandson of Billy Graham, and and, they, and they, they, they got a hold of the book. They read the story, and they loved it, and they partnered with Atonement Pictures, and they came up and they filmed a movie about my life uh, this summer, and it's going to be in the theaters called Pardon by Grace next year. Come on, somebody. Isn't that amazing what God will do? It's amazing what God will do. When you just give it over to him and you listen to God and you do what he says and you run after him, that God wants to put a demand in, a demand on the calling and the anointing on our life and he wants to bring it out through his people. He wants to bring it out through the covering of the local church that I'll never regret going to prison. I'll never regret all these hardships because it led me to Christ. God came in and he set a captive free. He led me to the local church. He put great men of God, great people around me to be able to help me to become who I am today and I'm just getting started somebody. that I got started by getting started. How many of you know that today? That I got started by getting started and I'm so blessed and so privileged and so honored to be counted according to God's purposes and to be a part of God's plans. Can we give it up for Jesus as I turn it over to Pastor Tom?